Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Welcome back. It's not back yet, so it's welcome for the first time. So welcome. Yeah, we always say welcome. And somebody told me, now people are starting to listen, which is cool. Hey, how about that? Somebody said, you guys don't do a good enough job letting us know who you are. So I'm Ray. You're Tristan. I'm Tristan. Which I just got to get the top billing, which is I never get. You (laughs) always get the damn top billing. So I'm Ray. This is Tristan. I'm the old guy. You're the young guy. How's that? To be called young is a wonderful compliment, and it's deeply appreciated. Certainly young to me. At 41. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I do, Ray. It's very intentional. I steal the top billing because I put together our logo. So that allowed me to say Extreme Common Sense with fair. Trisden and Ray. You so, do all the work. And I put together the fake. Well, you pay. You, you do your part. I do. Yeah, so yeah, it's not yeah, that I you. I reach into my pocket. So if you could somehow, with your money, change the name of the show a little bit, you could. But I'm the creative, sadly. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So pretty exciting show today. The guest shows for me are a lot of fun. I really enjoy yeah, the guest shows. It's better than listening to the two of us, isn't it? <laughs> well, for us, I mean, we get plenty of me and you. <laughs> so uh, it's nice. So tell us a little bit, Ray, if you would, and we'll let him in a few minutes when he gets here. Tell us about himself. Yeah. But tell us tell us what we got to look forward uh, to. A friend of mine, Dave Townsend. Dave, I met at the bowling center in Richmond when he was coaching um, some high school bowling. His politics lean left. He is a proud African-American gentleman, and I always uh, go back to that wonderful statement that Bill Bradley had, the senator from New Jersey, my home state, who, when he was running for president in 1988, said, when is the last time you had a conversation about race with someone from another race? And I've always remembered that, and Dave and I used to engage in, um, you know, some back and forth, his politics. He's going to make us look like centrists, because his politics lean left a little bit. That's fine. We we haven't uh, had anybody yet that really did that. He'll speak for himself here in a minute, but I would call him probably an unabashed liberal. Um, so it'll be interesting also to get his take on what he thinks of President Biden right now and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's that's today's show. And I like that, too, because I think one of the things that Twitter and social media has done for us is also people are scared to talk about race as as a Jewish slash white guy. Right. You know, you can't have that conversation online. I mean, you're going to say the wrong thing sure. and lose your job. Sure. I mean, even if you're trying, I think even. Man, I posted something, and this has been a few years ago, and it was like a, a very much an ally thing on Twitter. And man, was I mobbed for it. And I said, Jesus Christ, this is where we are now. Like even people with good intentions who may have said the wrong thing, instead of being explained to, look, this is where, this is what you're missing. Yeah. Let's talk about this. It's, uh, fuck you, you know, get off the internet. You suck. Right. So, and right. I think there's, there's got to be a place somewhere where people can have these types of conversations to grow. Because if we just rule everybody who maybe is missing a microaggression or doesn't know the terminology for, you know, a a group or anything at this point, there's got to be room to grow and discuss that and learn from that. So we continue to be allies and not be posted, you know, on one side of the room is not woke enough or not, uh, you know, just don't get it enough. That's where we're at. Plus we're in Kentucky. Like there's, you know, not to stereotype our state, we're a diverse state, but 
there's got to be a place to grow here. And, you know, where's that at? It's not in Walmart. No, it's not in Walmart. And it's it's never going to be on Twitter. No. So with that, should we bring in our guest? Let's bring him in. Dave Townsend. Dave, welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. How y'all doing? Good. Tell Good, us a little man. bit about Dave Townsend. Oh, Dave Townsend. Dave, where is That is your right name. That's, that's not my an name. Dave Townsend. <laughs> right. Dave Townsend's from Springfield, Massachusetts, originally. That's Yankee boy. Yankee boy. <laughs> Patriot fan from way back in 1974. <laughs> Jet well, fan. We may have to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> the race we can agree on. Football disagreements we can Exactly. Right, right off the bat. Right off the bat. That's right. Um, so, uh, Red Sox fan, too, though. And we just got beat the other night. Yes, in you the, did. Yes. In the AL. <laughs> JLCS. Yeah, ALCS, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I'm here in Kentucky now. Been here for a long time. Went to East Kentucky University and made Kentucky my home. Um, I'm a middle school teacher at Madison Middle School. I'm a social worker with a degree from social work at East Kentucky University. And... Um, and a, so, and a veteran, right? Veteran, twenty-five year 25. disabled, twenty-five year disabled vet. Um, Which branch? Army and Army National Guard. Sweet. Thanks yeah. for your service, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that. Yes, appreciate that. Um, and, you know, and that that it's a strange combination uh, when you talk about a teacher, a social worker, and a veteran, right? Especially here in Kentucky's and 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 or in Kentucky, and knowing what this show is about, extreme common sense. We sometimes we got some people missing that. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Sometimes we got some people missing that. Now, um, uh, you and I had talked a little bit uh, prior to doing the show, and I'll put you on the spot momentarily. So uh, when I invited Dave on, he did what everyone should do. He found us on Spotify, I guess. One of them. I don't know. We yeah. get we Apple, get so, Spotify. Apple, Spotify. My, my right. wife. We have Amazon Music things, so she can get all those spots, okay. and we found it. So he happened to listen to our episode where we brought Aaron in, our conservative friend. Right. And Dave thought we treated Aaron with a little bit of kid gloves. We weren't quite aggressive enough with him. So okay. let's beat the hell out of the liberal tonight. <laughs> well, you, you know, Aaron was a nice guy. I just very nice he, guy. He's very. very nice. He seemed like a nice guy. He just wasn't challenged enough on some of the things. And I think Ray, a couple of times, said, well, you're right there. And I don't think he was right on a <laughs> couple of those things. white knuckles on a dashboard. <laughs> if, if I could say this, I, you know, having re-listened to that show, and one of the things you do when you listen to podcasts is you think, how, how did they miss that? Because every time I think, That's oh, funny. how did I miss that? <laughs> but one of the things that I would have pushed him on, and I hate to do it with him not here, especially being a panel of liberals, uh, or at least Democrats, um, he said that America first was very important to him. And my thought was, I wish I had said, yeah, but what as a Republican are you doing for America? Because whenever, you know, whenever we try to do something, a sweeping social policy, it, oh, sorry, I was trying to uh, ESPN, my bad. <laughs> whenever we try to do a sweeping social policy, it becomes, well, that's socialism and we can't do that. Yeah. So yes, America first, but when do we help Americans? Like, you know, if you want to say America first and we don't want to help other countries, okay, but what do we do for Americans? So, on but, so I missed that. I well, would have said No, that. that's fair. And, and I agree with you 100%. You critique yourself when you listen back. And that's cool. I think that's how you grow. But um, so the floor is yours. And, and, and you're right. Aaron's a great guy, not here to defend himself. So we'll leave him out of that. But just um, conservatism generally right now. So, so we're missing what, Dave? What should they be taking a task for? Well, I, I think America should be taking a task. Yeah. I think that we put so much on America's first from one perspective. I think we all agree that America should come first. But what is first? What you know, is the is the immigrants here should they not be first? 
I, I, I agree. We, we've come out of Iraq, uh, excuse me, out of Afghanistan now. That's putting America's first, but we get people want to pick on one or two things. Um, so let me ask you that, David. 25 years of U.S. military, as Tristan said, thanks for your service. What about uh, it didn't go so great for Joe Biden? Well, Was it, there- I don't think it went so great because of the way things were handled up front. And so it's just a, it's, we can get in these back and forth debates. President Trump's the one that made the agreement with the Taliban. He did. I don't think the Taliban should have been back in charge, right. but he made the agreement. So they want us out of there as soon as we did. Biden agreed to stay later. Nobody predict, predicted that the Taliban would take over as quick as they did and try to push stuff. They, oh, the, gener- the generals just didn't predict that. Right. And they said that. It was an oversight. So yeah. It's oversight. You know, does mistakes happen in war? Of course. Right. And any if you've been in the military and any kind of war room on any kind of level— you know that mistakes takes place. And just, these armchair quarterbacks out yeah. here think that 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 want to be military never been, and that's most. And I'm 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 gonna be a little show my liberal side progressive on that. That's most of these armchair quarterbacks wanting to be military who've never been. That's sitting in the uh, with their rifle and rebel flag here in Kentucky. Right. There are a lot of those guys. Right. So <laughs> that's true. And you know, to be fair to Biden, Bush, Obama, Trump. Three presidents had the chance to get out of Afghanistan, didn't do it. He had the balls to do it. Because it was political suicide. Because it was political suicide. There was not a very big upside to what could happen, and only bad stuff could, and something bad did. There you go. So, you know, again, could it have been handled a little better? I'm sure there could have been a little better, but, man, credit the guy for having the balls to do it. And you know what? That's why the military conducts after-action reviews. If you've been in the military, you understand what went right, what went wrong, what could we have done better. I'm sure those generals had one. Right. Now, did they publicize that to the um, public? general public? Right. No, not. After but they action had one. review, that's a cool term. So that's what we yeah. have. After every mission, there's an AR that's conducted to say, on every level. Now, can, what, you, can you explain snafu? Situation, normal, all fouled up. Yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> Except it's not fouled up. It's not it? fouled up. But we have those two, and, and it just happens. All right, but, so can we move to the topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I don't want you to feel like you are here for any particular reason or, or, or like, you know, you're here in the spotlight. But I want to talk about race. Because it, it just it, it, it just intrigues me, Dave. I have a friend of mine, Lucas. You know right. Lucas. I know Lucas. Lucas is a conservative guy, but he's a very reasonable individual. And he, he asks a question which I think is a great one, and it's so damn simple. Why does race even, even exist? You know, Dave's in here with us, two white guys, a black guy. We're equal right now. Now, if Dave turns out to be an asshole, dislike him. But why you would like dislike him simply based on the way he looks really makes zero sense. It just doesn't make any sense. But yet, it's every day. So, so is America better? What's, it, what's your age, Dave? 54. So what's it like for a 55-year-old African-American man in present-day U.S. of A? Good old U.S. of A. Or Kentucky. Or in Kentucky. Kentucky well, I think that... On the individual level, I don't want people to hear this. On an individual level, me going to work every day, things are okay. But when you start looking at it systemically, which a lot of conservative white men hate to hear. Right. They hate to hear systemically or institutionally because that's when they get defensive. Oh, how are you as an individual oppressed? They don't like the word oppressed. So there's there's a lot of words that conservative white men don't like to hear. Sure. Oppression is one of them. Right. And so... Am I individually oppressed? On the surface, no. I go to work every day. I make a check. I I work hard, and so. But when you look at how much harder I had to work to get to where I to go, get to where I'm at. 
or how my kids had to work harder because of what happened. People say don't go to the past. Well, we have to go to the past to understand how we so. got here into the future. I've always because so. it and and things are coming out more now. Um, I, I tell this story about Juneteenth, and I learned about Juneteenth back in when I was in Iraq, 2006. I'm sitting at a table. Uh, MWR table, uh, Morale Welfare Recreation, talking to some soldiers or a group of soldiers, leaders. And they're talking about, we're going to, we're planning events for over in Iraq. And they started talking about this Juneteenth event in 2006. I'm like, after the third meeting, I said, well, well, folks, I'm sorry. Let, I got to stop the meeting here. What is Juneteenth? What the hell is Juneteenth? That's why I <laughs> now said. Now are these black dudes? Oh, most of them black yeah. and Mexican. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a few white guys, right. but I'm sure they, it's, they looked at me after and said, I was wondering the same thing, but nobody wanted to ask. <laughs> you know, nobody wanted <laughs> to ask. And so the, the people from Texas, where Galveston is, they have been celebrating for a while. So can I stop you there, David? Yeah. I want you to finish that. Can you explain Juneteenth for the uninitiated? What it's yeah. a celebration or a recognition of? Well, it's a celebration. It really, you know? yeah, okay. It's it's two different types of celebrations, really, because back then, in when it happened, three years after the Civil War, the reason I got mad about it was because no school system. I had I done uh, had a bachelor's degree. I've been to high school, had been back in college for some stuff, and no, and had several history classes, and nobody never wanted, mentioned no never, never mentioned. mentioned that slaves in Texas, really slaves west of the Mississippi. Found out about the the Emancipation Proclamation year, two year, three years down the road. They was the 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 courier, horseback courier, who's delivering news. Took a while to get a, You got to navigate sure. the mountains. You got to no navigate all this in those stuff. Days, right? Yeah, it wasn't like he had internet and things like that. <laughs> so he had to go by horse. So as he got along the way, he would tell people, "Hey, President, you know, drop off a thing. President Abraham Lincoln signed this thing. You're black people free." Well, it took three years to get out to Galveston Island. Oh, I'll be damned. So, okay. and I actually the, didn't know that. Really? Yeah, no, it took yeah. three years to get out to Galveston Island. No, I'm a white guy. And, um, and <laughs> well, President Trump didn't know either, but then he took, but he <laughs> took credit for, for it. <laughs> then he took credit for it. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, and I didn't know it either in 2006. Right. But after that, I started researching it. And I called my family up and said, hey, y'all ever heard of this? What? And so everybody, especially in the East Coast, Upper North, they didn't hear about it. Only about knew about it was people in Texas and, and about seven states had already made it a holiday. And this was back in 2006. And I was just really mad at my education. I was like, my education failed me. Well, David, I'll tell you this, man. That story that broke out of Tulsa, where the that the, the, the Tulsa the, race the, riots. The, oh, right. my God, man. Yeah. I, oh. But now I knew about that. See, I didn't. And I felt like you. I felt the point you just made. Like, how in the hell could I have gone through? And I and I love history. And I pay attention in history. I wasn't much in science and math. History and English, that was me. I, I probably should have taught history. But love it. I just love it for, for exactly the reason you said. You don't know where you are if you don't know where you've been. Never heard of well, that and, damn thing. And it was supposedly like the, the the Black Wall Street. Like, these were very right. well-heeled folks, and they just burned them out. Yeah. And, and all we the, didn't, it never even made it into a freaking American history book, far as I knew. No. Well, and all the shit we give Facebook and Twitter and some of that's these social media. That's where it came medias, out? Well, it seemed like it made the rounds. I mean, I saw, I saw it, too, and I remember thinking, Jesus Christ. So you immediately go to, like, Wikipedia, and you're searching. You're like, yeah. just unbelievable, the history yeah. that we, you know, as— White and people that's, never hear. And that's what happened with me back in 2006 in Iraq. I immediately went to my computer back in my office in Iraq and went to Wikipedia and some other sites to look up Juneteenth. I was like, this is unbelievable that it never made it into the educational system. So is it now a national holiday? 
I think uh, it's yes, working yes. on it as of this year. It yeah, is. this year okay. I think President Biden made okay, it a, well, a then, national holiday. All right, so then that doesn't quite bring us full circle, but it brings us back well, to that but question. The education piece needs to be there. Well, okay. because first of all, people want to say it's when the uh, it freed America. It didn't free black people. It didn't free black people. It was only black people west of the Mississippi that found, the Emancipation Proclamation still freed black people. They just didn't hear about it west of the Mississippi until well, later down the road. So it's not about freedom. But nowadays, it's about a symbolic freedom. It's about freedom from oppression. So they use Jim, Juneteenth as that symbolicness of the chains are broken now. When is equality coming? So, Dave, I don't know how much you know about this, nor Trisden or myself. I, I've read a little that kind of to me, would segue into this thing that's on everybody's mind now. If you turn on Fox News, it seems like all they talk about is this critical race theory. So tell me first off what you know about it. The only thing I'll add, I think you and I talked about this a little bit, I think that word critical is important, is critical, because it's not, that word is not used to say it's critical, Trisden, that you know this, or it's critical that you, it's, it's a critique. It's a right. critique of what America's past was. And to your point, there's uh, let's just call it what it is. There's a lot of white conservatives who just, it scares the shit out of them. Well, because they, they just don't, don't want to have that conversation. And, sure. it, and it's silly they don't want to have a conversation, in my opinion, because it's not about blaming them. They're too busy worried about somebody blaming them for the state of disparities and, and where black people as a race is behind. Well, nobody's blaming them, but they are blaming what happened Great Depression, slavery before that, because in the Great Depression days, when the farmers went to buy seeds to, to help grow things, the, the people selling the seeds would sell them bad seeds so their farms wouldn't grow. Oh, Dave, so it's people, endless, man. So Redlining. People, right. Where I'm a white guy, you're a black guy, and I get, we, we, here's the line, I'm, my house is here, yours is here, I get money, you don't get money. Right. Because you're black. Because well, I'm, and it, so, go ahead, Trizen. Oh, you're good. But I was just going to make the point, too. Um, we're talking in 2021 about your experience, and your experience, by your own words, I think I'm paraphrasing, pretty good. But I mean, you don't have to go, you're not going back very far until things were evil and horrible for people who look like you, and there's no. never been a light switch that things just, okay, never. everything is good. So you've got laws that are baked into the books. Right, that, exactly. Know, so you can't say there's not systematic no, racism. you I can't. Mean, it encompasses so much. And I mean, you're going back to the 60s and 70s and even 80s with some of these blatantly racist laws. Now, again, I guess my question to Dave would be, how do you, how do you move forward with that in a society that's, I guess, pretty good for people that, you know, aren't white men? But how do you, how do you I guess, achieve in this country at this time um, – without adopting a victim mentality, because really it wasn't very long ago that it was just really, really bad. And it, 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 it in some ways, it's still really bad, just not on the surface. Yes. So how you go forward is what we're doing now. We have to educate people and think that one person at a time, somebody's changing. And cool. if I'd we change one person at a time, as time goes by, but there's a group of black people in race that's tired of waiting. Right. That's why we have the extreme people and my son's one of them, but that's why we have people extreme left wing and ready to do away with politics and everything all together. They want a revolution. There's like, how long do we have to wait? We've waited two, 300 years and we're still being in many ways, victims of this systemic racism, racism. So, 
So if we, we had a conservative with us, Dave, because I do try and do this, extreme common sense, you know, yeah, that's the name of the show. But I, I, I try to be fair where I can and try and think about, and I hate to use the term other side. Cause well, you can I, go devil's advocate I, even I, if you don't want to. Yeah, but I, I, I do try and be fair to people. So if you had a conservative here, uh, a white conservative here, they might well say, man, what else do you want us to do? We've put instituted program after program. There's been hundreds of millions of dollars spent. You just yourself admitted that in a day-to-day, your life is okay. Man, we're done. We can't do anymore. I would ask them to open their eyes okay. and look at where each community is and say, what can we do to help this community? Where Look at the disparities. Why is there a disparity in healthcare? Why is there a disparity in education? And address those disparities community by community. People don't want to address them, again, because they're worried about taking blame or somebody getting ahead and not working for it. You know, and, and I'm going I'm to move this from race just a little bit and say it's just as much as a classism thing. Well, they treat poor people the same way. You've said that a lot. They treat poor people the same way. And I think I'm, one reason right now I'm happy about working at Madison Middle School, because the first time in my career, I've actually got to work around more black kids. At Central, I was kind of a temporary employee. I went in there and sub, subbed and I had the group, the hood hood group, and I could sub, but it gave me a chance to give back to my own community. So I spent a lifetime giving back to rural Kentucky, or the last 20 years. Why don't Gen- you mention, because Trism probably doesn't know, mention your group and what you're doing, your nonprofit. Okay, I will, but let me finish this sure. thought. So I've given back to rural Kentucky for a long time. I spent nine years in child protection, working for the state as a social worker. 99% of the kids I worked with during that time were white kids. I don't see a difference. They're kids being abused, neglected, right. they're poor, their families is poor. And the communities don't care. Yeah, there you go. They, I mean, somebody's going to get mad at me for saying they don't care. Well, we care. No, if you cared, you wouldn't let landlords treat these people subhumanly. Right. Without humanity. Because that's what landlords in rural Kentucky do. You have a trailer park. You don't care about your trailer park. People's living there, holes in the floor, rats running through it. And then we have to come in and remove the kids because you say the family's neglectful. Well, that landlord's neglectful, too, for allowing, and we're neglectful. For allowing properties to exist and allowing people to live into them, live in them, in a subhuman state. Right. So, um, so and being a social worker, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm so if you're a social worker, you should you by by nature of the definition, and this is making some people mad too. You almost should be a liberal. I can get away from <laughs> I can get away from the the conservative Democrat thing, but if you read the preamble and read the social work values, and you gotta accept everybody. I don't have to necessarily agree with David. There's a lot of people who say if the historical Jesus were alive in 2021, talk about pissing people off, he'd be a liberal. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, There's if no you question look about at it. what the man's life represented, for Christ's sake, no pun intended. I mean, really, yeah. he he, you know, Absolutely. be kind to people, treat yeah. people with respect, help your neighbor, lend a hand. Pretty liberal. That's true. You know what is wrong with trying to lift up people who's been oppressed? for centuries it's black people women now uh the lbgtq community um other brown skinned people yeah you know so i want to ask you about that too but tell us about hood okay the hood and i'm gonna put on different hats because make sure everybody understands the hood does not have any political affiliation it's a non-profit organization with no political affiliation before somebody tries to report me to the irs (laughs) so um we are a non-profit organization 501c3 uh, a chapter 5133 charity. Um, the hood started because of a dream to build a group home. And I probably had the dream for 
most of my life. Well, where it started, unfortunately, the person who helped start it in my mind just passed away a couple of days ago. One of my heroes, General oh. Colin Powell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I was watching a I was watching a NASCAR race back in. Uh, I want to say the year before. So you're the black guy who watches NASCAR? I'm the black guy that watches NASCAR. <laughs> Absolutely. I was watching the Cracker Barrel 500, oh, and General Colin Powell was the, um, was the Grand Marshal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was the yeah. Grand Marshal. Well, this he was, drove a vet everywhere. He was into his cars. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so this was back in uh, the year before the Bush-Gore election. I can't remember years, but the year before Bush-Gore election. Bush-Gore 2000. So, yeah. So the year before. So 1999, I think. he was, And he was talking about this, this America's Promise. Yes, and, and all yes. kids yes. deserved America's promise. Not to interrupt you, but I do that. I, he he spoke at EKU. I went to see him. I was sitting on stage with him. Oh, were you? I was on oh, stage with so him. So we met at, before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was on stage with him when he spoke at America's Promise. Nice. And, so you met or, I was in the first two lines. Okay. I met him because before he spoke at EKU. Which that speech happened after the election, after the hanging chads. It did. Yes. And they were it waiting. Did. I remember that. Right. Day. And yes. they were waiting for the results, and he still could because they weren't for sure he's gonna come. They knew he was gonna be appointed Secretary of State. Yeah. Soon as this election was over, but anyway. So before the um, the actual talking in on the stage to addressing everybody, we had a roundtable discussion, and so I sat next to General Patton. And I think General Patton's, uh, not General Patton, I'm sorry, Governor, Governor Patton, Governor Patton right. and Governor Patton's wife, and then General Colin Powell. So I said like four people to the uh, to the right of him. Excellent. And so we was talking about America's Promise. And then after it was over, I got to sp- talk to him one-on-one. That's cool. So I got involved with America's Promise to do the things, deliver the kids the promise that a lot of at-risk kids don't get. And we're still, faith. don't matter what color you are. We're st- and during that speech, a lot of people don't remember, I've been trying, I think I got to record it somewhere. He said our greatest um, enemy was not really any foreign advocacy. Right. For, he, he, during that meeting, right. he said it was drugs, lack of education, all these things that we're fighting amongst ourselves. He said that back in 1999. Right. Or two, whatever it was. Right. And, um, well, I guess that was 2000 election just happened when he said it. Right. But America's Promise started a few years before that. And the five promises are um, an ongoing relationship with a caring adult. Safe places with structured activities during non-school. These are how they originally was wrote. They've shortened them up down, which I think is bad because they lose a little meaning. Because at the beginning it says safe places with structured activities during non-school hours. I think that whole definition is important. Mm-hmm. Then it was a marketable, uh, effective education through or marketable skill through effective education. And the last one was the opportunity to serve. So it was five prom. I, th- I might have missed one in there too. A healthy start and future. That was the fifth one. So. Those are all important in the lives of children. So that got me on this thing, and then I became a social worker after that. That meeting got me a social worker because at the time, the Secretary of State looked over to the governor and said, Governor, he needs to be working for us. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I That's had true. never thought about being a social worker. Ah. I thought that, I didn't know what they were. And so I That's was trying – I was in school to be an educator, and I couldn't get high enough score on the ACT. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> – yeah, so um, <laughs> you got to cheat, man. You got to pay somebody. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now uh, she's giving out. Now she's giving away scholarships to people. Uh, yeah. Did you hear? Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, look. I heard on the news the other day. She's giving away scholarships yeah. to two people to try to make up for going to jail and and cheating uh, on the test. But anyway, so so the hood. Long story short, the hood. The idea kind of developed from that. And as I became a social worker, worked in child protection, I seen there's a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of pitfalls to how we how we raise um, kids in the system. And a lot of kids get out of the system and they go back to the system through the juvenile justice system or the justice system. Sure. Because if we take a kid into the system 
the state, they're obviously lacking some kind of support in that family unit right. most of the time. Something's lacking or they experience some kind of trauma. If we're not treating that trauma right, we're not addressing the trauma and we're not addressing what the kid's missing, then it's hard to heal them. So a lot of healing is not taking place. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm better than anybody else healing anybody, but I think there's another way to do it. So through this, it led up to me wanting to keep doing this. So I got to Madison Central and I was subbing teaching. I wanted to start this group called The Hood to help mentor kids. So I started the group and through my son's basketball program, I learned about the way you can raise money through UK. So I started the hood and it just, the name of the hood, that name's like a Connotates, hook. yeah. It, yeah. The connotation is negative, right. but in the urban community, it meant something. So the black kids at Mad Central kind of navigated toward me. Gotcha. It wasn't but a couple of years I was mentoring 100, 125 kids. Nice. Wow. Now, all of them wasn't there all the time, but these kids gave me seven, eight years of consistent community service. Because they believed in the mission. Because I eventually told them, obviously, what the hood stands for. The home of opportunities and dreams. And I explained to them that we were trying to open a group home. We want to help other kids. And I had a couple of kids in the program who had been in the system. So they understood what they was going through in the system. And they understood what it was like to be black, a black youth. So they could talk to me in ways they couldn't talk to some of their teachers. Because there's, there's, unfortunately, there's not a lot of black people in the school system. Right. Which brings us to another race issue. Um, I didn't think about until a class I had this summer about where Brown versus the Board of Education really hurt black teachers. Have y'all heard that story? I did, I, I, Before we move on to that, though, can we ask you if folks want to get involved and help you with Hood? Uh, if any of our listeners would like to help? Absolutely. Just contact me. You can contact me. I have a website and I have a Facebook page. Uh, we still work the UK games. We still raise money, but not before the money was being raised. Well, what's a website? Somebody that may not be. I'm in sorry. Kentucky. It's, it's a www.thehoodinc.org. Okay. And then I have a Facebook page under the name, the home of opportunities and dreams. Okay. Uh, we do fundraisers all the time. Um, actually there's one out there right now that, uh, my employee, social worker employee, she's done for a birthday. She does a birthday. She's done a birthday fundraiser for us. So there's a couple, and then you can just contact me. My phone number's out there pretty readily, but I'll give it to you. It's 859-358-9445. Send me a text. Let me know you want to get involved. And we'd love to have you come volunteer and help mentor these kids. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank yeah, you. It really does. Um, but so that's where the hood evolved from. And so we do a lot of community service. In eight years, the kids helped raise enough money for us to build this group home, get it off the ground. Um, so now as we raise money, we want to, we try to reach out to other organizations or other philanthropies to, uh, to support. There you go. And one of my yeah. big ones I support is prevent child abuse, Kentucky. So I'm a big, you know, April's wear blue day to support the create awareness. So I'm big on that. Uh, we've given money to big brothers and big sisters. So we help. And right now I'm trying to help the, um, Madison homes, the, the, the homeless shelter in, um, Richmond. They're going to help us in a couple weeks. I don't know if you know this or not, David. Trisden is a very, very wealthy man. Is he? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, just talk to him outside. I'll be, I'll be trying to hit him I up. I would expect a fat check. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Perfect. <laughs> sounds good. Did but, I mention that Ray funds the podcast? <laughs> <Ray>. <laughs> no, that is great work. Really, God bless you, man. Yeah. Well, and the Bowen always that, helped out a couple that's times. That's very cool. Yeah, we did. Y'all yeah, yeah, let me do a bake sale there and yep, do yep, some yep. things there. And so, No, it's great. It's um, it, it, it truly is God's work. I mean, what else you can do? You're, uh, so I guess we got to ask you this, and I would love to hear about Brown versus Board Education. Hey, real, but, real quick, uh, to break up the show. We've got a we've got a little commercial break. Okay, we're let me get that implement. just just quickly. Are you hopeful for the future? Are things you know? Oh yeah, I'm okay. always hopeful. Right. You got to be hopeful. 
So we're, we're breaking up the show with what? We're this breaking is, this up is new the to me too, Dave. Okay. So Ray, what we're doing, um, since we're new to the podcast game, we don't have any sponsors yet. Uh, we wanted to take this time to pick out a small business at random and give them a free plug. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this week, our lead research assistant and writer for the show, Josh, founded Georgia Business. We could give a shout out. Uh, and he wrote up a commercial that I will read now. Okay, cool. So folks, do you like refreshing, delicious ice-cold beverages? If so, we found one you need to try. It's a drink company from Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Coca-Cola. They come in red cans and bottles. You can order one at Coca-Cola.com or check their website for a local retailer that might carry ice-cold Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero, nice. which has all the Coca-Cola flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. Guys, as you listen to our podcast, remember to patronize small local mom-and-pop businesses like Coca-Cola. Like Walmart for your Coca-Cola. Very yes. good. So, so Thank check you. it out. I, like I haven't that. tried it yet. But and I, maybe I, they'll underwrite us. Yeah. yeah. Small and, little... and maybe even send us some free colas. <laughs> send us some free colas. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's <laughs> that great. Pretty, yeah. uh, that's, that's pretty that good. Neat. So we'll come up with another one next week. Uh, and if you do want to sponsor us, talk to us. <laughs> and let us know. And don't, yeah, maybe we'll put our phone number out there for sponsorship opportunities. Um, so so there's probably some other places we can jump to, but we'll do one more. So Brown versus Board Education is the 54 ruling that uh, separate and equal doesn't, separate but equal doesn't work. So your point on that is that it actually winds up hurting black instructors, black teachers? Absolutely. It, it's cut the numbers down. And I didn't. Really, I had a professional development class this summer. I went to it was ran by a Department of Education in, in Indiana, and I'm not gonna say the part. It, it was ran by in educators in Indiana. I'm I'm not exactly sure the the acronym or what department it was, but Indiana Schooling right. ran it. And I was in this uh, Zoom class for professional development, and it talked about the critical race theory you had mentioned yeah. and race, and in the effort to desegregate the schools and and make schools equal and send black kids to other schools we long story short we lost a lot of black teachers a lot of black teachers during that time because when we started sending kids outside of you know if you was in a black school you had all black teachers and we probably would learn about stuff like juneteenth but when you quit doing that the the white schools wasn't hiring black teachers so you'd have a school with you'd have a school that we're sending the kids to with 30 ah. teachers all and white. maybe one of them be black. That's maybe. Interesting. So that's, we. That's so interesting. That's a way that also oppressed our culture again. And another, right, and something else that doesn't show up in the <laughs> it, history. Yes, books. it doesn't show up in the history. So I had that class this summer, and I was like, man, I never thought about that. So I've talked to a couple younger black uh, educators now, and they they've expounded on it. So again, not to put you on the spot, and I'll let Tristan weigh in because he's kind of the uh, guru of of comedians. But I tuned Chappelle in the other night. A, because I love Dave Chappelle, B, because he's brilliant, and C, because I want to know what all this hullaboo was about. Here's as near as I can figure, and if you haven't seen the latest special of his- The well, Closer. May, the Closer. Maybe some of it will, uh, may, maybe this will be a little bit of a spoiler, but here's my take, Tristan. So he's in trouble with the LGBTQ community for having offended him and you know transgender folks and stuff, but I think his point, Dave, is, if I may profess to speak for Mr. Chappelle, who doesn't need anyone speaking for him- He's not mad at the community. He's mad at, he's actually jealous of how well their movement has gone. And as a black man, he's like, for Christ's sakes, this has been 400 years for my people. And you guys have done this in 30 years. How the hell did you do it? Is that your word nuance? That's kind of the nuance of that, right? 
that, that's the yeah, that's that's the way what I, I took from it. Yeah, I mean, I don't it, know if you're a Chappelle fan or not. Or I, I'm not a big Chappelle fan. He's funny at times. I was never. He's never my favorite comedian. Yeah, okay. And but since he's come back, I've listened to him a little more since he's come back. I, right. I didn't really like his early stuff. Yeah, but uh, would you say I'm sort of close on that? Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's pretty fair. And I, th- I think yeah. that's what he said. I think that's what he explained. Yeah. And I think the from my standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah. That, but at the same time, I think he has to realize they came off the heels of a lot of different movements. And right. so, yes, they're the and and they're. They're they're loud and they're united. Right. They're loud yeah. and they're united wow. for the most part. And what holds black people back is that sometimes we don't stay united because we have people. Yeah, because you there. got the loud part covered. We yeah, I, I'll cover it for us all, and I'll be out there. I was at the I was at the uh, the Black Lives Matter rally in Richmond a couple years ago. But anyway, we're not stay united. Because we let money sometimes gets in the way. Well, but Dave, let's be fair too. The the homosexual community is made up of white people first and foremost, but also judges, right. lawyers, teachers, Absolutely. doctors, and that a lot of money as well. That's money I mean. in the community. That's yes. that's what I mean. And yeah. this is going to sound very very uh, uh, stereotypical. It's a terrible question, but we're just guys chatting here. Have you ever met a gay couple that didn't have pretty good means? They all seem to have they're they're fairly well uh, healed folks, right? Yeah, I'm sure they there's do pretty some well. plenty that aren't. But I'm yeah, sure, you, you but, t- the you ones know. you meet are typically, yeah, yeah, and that community is. And, and obviously, there's still pockets in America where homosexuality is looked at. Well, actually, I hear often, Dave, you speak to this better than I can, or you can speak to this better than I. I hear often that within the black community, there's a lot of opposition to homosexuality. I think there is because on the the. From what I heard, I got a lot of friends that poses because of their Christianity yes. beliefs. That's right. So right. that's where the, that's, that's where right. the pockets exist from. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe Jesus died for our sins, and and you have You're to be saved. You're going to a better place, yeah. Right? So, but also think that homosexuals, lesbians, gays are people too. Right. And I don't, I, I don't profess to know the Bible as well as some other people, but I know that even the religious community doesn't necessarily agree on it. Absolutely not. They don't agree on it. That's right. So if they don't agree on it and they're all Christians, am I going to judge them and say this Christian is stronger than the other Christian or this Christian knows about it? I'm just not going to get into that argument. And they also found Bible passages not long ago to make slavery okay. So I think there's also some room in the Bible to... A little uh, interpretation. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, And I'm just not going to get into that discussion with people about Christianity. It's just... just, so I'm going to believe. You, do you get into discussions about race with some co-workers? Or you got to be delicate with that? Or I used to get in more discussions than I do now. Uh, I kind of stopped because I realized after uh, the Trump election, it was pretty much a mute point because Man. people 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 picked sides. For and then we out here now. You 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 got people supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene and <laughs> and that that other Bobbert Bobbert and Colorado and the 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 knucklehead down there in Florida. DeSantis, uh, just not DeSantis. Well, DeSantis and the other guy, the congressman that that Rubio. No, the other congressman that what's yeah. that guy's name? Florida congressman. Yeah. And I can't remember his name, but he's one of the one that got was getting in trouble a few months ago for messing oh, with the girl. Matt, oh, Matt yeah, Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. these people yeah. try to start a war, yeah. a culture war. They're trying to start a culture war, and there's uh, so it's so hard what, to what end, Dave? And why does that culture war sell in this part of the country? 
because tough question. I know. Because no, if you can answer it, we may all just. Well, I have think a when beer you can, you solve. divide people, right? It, it helps your politics. Like in Kentucky, right. if you can divide the black folks and white folks, I mean, it becomes an us versus them, and the politicians are, you know, politicians, politicians are getting away, you know, with more of what they want because it's, you know, again, look at this poor guy taking this hundred dollars in food stamps over here. Well, you've got, you know, these corporate billion dollar bailouts for rich people. I mean, and, and you change the narrative, so folks are mad at this guy making a hundred dollars in and food how stamps. we change that. Is something as simple as three things, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Guns, gays and lesbians, and abortion. Those three hot-button ticket, hot-button items keep people from realizing who the politicians is really hurting. Right. There's a, there's a ton of people in rural Kentucky who vote Republican, and they're voting against their own best interests. I don't have a problem with Republican. I, I have a lot of friends who conservatives near Absolutely. the middle. I have a lot but of respect for I have a lot of values. If you're conservative yeah. values and you're near the middle and you respect all people, well, but when you allow yourself to justify racism right. and justify things that we know is wrong, then I have an issue with that. Don't don't go that far to where you're justifying. And, and right. they'll say, well, you're that's justifying. That's such a great bi- point, though, because there, there's, I often say there's so much of my own life that's conservative. I'm pretty conservative as it comes to uh, child rearing, which my kids are now adults, so, you know— uh, Financially, I'm pretty conservative. I know Tristan's conservative financially. Um, <laughs> you know, values. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of conservative, and that's wonderful. Not sure Trump represented conservatism, and you make a great point, Dave, which is that these people who call themselves conservatives, it's wonderful, great. What I just said, a lot of a lot of beauty to it. But you gotta also defend when you get lumped in with views that are anti-homosexual, that are anti-race. Why is that? Well, how do you get, you know, because conservatism, the tenets of it are great, but they get sidetracked by getting lost in all that other shit. What I hear, the biggest thing that I hear from my conservative friends, and it, the thing that they can't look over, it's not race, it's not L- LGBTQ, it always comes back to my uber conservative friends, it is abortion. It's Absolutely. always abortion. That's what it comes back to. That's what it most. And if it ain't abortion, abortion, they're they think somebody's really wanting to take their guns. Guns, right? Guns I have I have a gun. And I have more than one gun, and I like to hunt. Everybody in the room, I, gun. Ray, you got guns? Absolutely, many. <laughs> so two thirds of the room with guns. Right. And so yeah, and yeah, I don't think guns are as much of a, a one sided issue. They're, I mean, but we certainly they, in Kentucky, they make them that way. They do. It's so us, versus, it can us, versus, us versus them. Correct. So but you know what's funny, guys? The To me, those are the two intractable issues, abortion and guns. Why? Because they're both so fraught with emotion. So if you want to find some middle ground, I think you have to sit at this table and agree for at least the time being, we're going to leave those two issues off the table. Let's talk about what we can agree, because you're never going to get a consensus on guns or abortion because they're so fraught with emotion. Absolutely. I've tried this because I've I've actually, you know— I ain't going to say lost some friends, but some friends that I'm sure has lost some respect for me. And I've, even if I'm in the military, I've got friends that I've went, spent 20 years in the military with that I won't, I don't, I mean, I don't disavoid them, but it, their, their politics and their views on things is just. Leave you a little cold. It, yeah. And I, and I think, well, you never liked me from the beginning. Nah. And I, and that's why I feel you never liked me because they won't see me as part of a race that's still wanting equality. Right. And I try to tell them I'm not equal in these ways and they just won't believe it. They right. act like they don't hear me. So they're block-minded to how these things it still exist. So, and that brings us back to the critical race theory. Let me make this point real quick. Critical race theory. 
you hit it on your description hit it on the head ray but and they've always talked about it it's just it's not been named critical race theory exactly so you name exactly. it critical race theory right. and the people against it find a way to um combat it and so we got these two laws coming out which we need to vote against there's two laws that's on the books they're about to be voted on the first of the year or and hopefully they don't make it out of committee but i think they already have and um and I can't remember the names of them right now, but they're out there. And this guy in Northern Kentucky started them. He, oh, yeah, 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 he wants to, yeah. he wants to take out any mention of anything race related yeah. in education. Massey, Massey. yeah, Ma- Massey. yeah, out of out of education Whack period job. on wow. every on every level, high school. You know, nobody is in school. There's no teacher in school trying to brainwash kids. In elementary, oh, but according to conservatives, the, Dave, they there's, are. There's nobody in the school. I'm, I'm in the school building every understand. day. I understand. I've never heard a teacher want to brainwash at. kids right. that being white is a bad thing. Right. That's not about education. Right. But uh, what it should be about education is that Christopher Columbus is not the great guy we thought he was. Right. He's just exactly. not. Exactly. Right. And so if that makes you mad, read your history. Yeah, exactly. He was a child molester. He wiped out a, 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 a race of Indians. He he started the sex slave trade. Same but with we, uh, Kit Carson, local hero here, born in Madison County, Kentucky. Terrible individual. They say Kit Carson broke more treaties with Native Americans than any other 10 people combined. So, all right. So, uh, I always say this, we're getting close on time, but this is really enjoyable. Troy, if we run a little long, our apologies. but um, you, you can pay him a little extra, right? So, the great African-American author James Baldwin said some years ago, if you're black in America and not pissed off, you're not paying attention. Would you still agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And 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 because what we're paying attention to now is, or what we should be paying attention to now is things like critical race theory and the fight against it. Because if you really thought I was equal, equal you would let them teach equal education. It's as simple as that. If you really thought I was equal, you wouldn't try every way in the world to discount my votes in Atlanta and Arizona and the other places Boy, that where it does really seem you know, to be going on, doesn't it? Oh, That's my, the scariest part. It's very scary. it, it's, they're really trying to stifle the vote of people that don't I mean, vote for how them. Do you yeah. That is a scary. democracy, David. And and so okay, so I stuck up for conservatives uh, earlier in the show. I can't there's no part of me that can in any way justify that? Can any? I know Dave's. I don't not think anybody that, wants to. No, I, that's the, that's why the scary is this thing right what now. What are they doing? Look, if if you're an American, why, why would you want to make it harder for people to vote? I don't get it. Votes should count. That's what America's about. There's there's no argument do for they, me that that makes that okay. Some bogus, um, you know, fraudulent votes. Do they they say some bullshit about how you know there's been all these bad votes over the years? I mean, where, which there's absolutely no proof. You hear for. those whispers, but you can't. Ju- I mean, you can say whatever you want. Back it up with proof. You know, right. I, I've said time and time again. I, you know, I would rather have a, I would rather have Donald Trump president fairly elected than the person that I want to win with some fake bullshit. Right. Like you, we want to live in a country where, look, my team might lose this time. Next time, but we'll, I can trust in the election. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can trust the process. in the pool of all of that. Yeah, I mean. and and the time that that re- did really affect the Democrats with the Chads, eventually they they gave in. 
I mean, they, they did. said Al Gore we, gave one of the most gracious speeches in American right. political history. And do I think he won Florida? Absolutely. I think I he won too, Florida. Yeah. Now, then, now, they, now, my conservative friend Lucas would say, ah, you can't do that. See, you can't say that that election in 2000 was stolen and then say, oh, all this Trump stuff was a stolen. bunch of nonsense. I didn't say it was stolen. No, but I think what but happened again, was. Again, I'm trying to be fair right. to both sides. And, 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 and when he made that point, I was like, oh, okay, you kind but of you got never, me. Because I said what David said. But there were specific examples there. There's a difference between. Between being okay, specific, okay. discussable and it also examples. Also, between being stolen, that was mistakes that happened because of machines. It wasn't the Republicans' fault. It wasn't Democrats' right. fault. Right, it Republicans a, it weren't was, trying just, to steal. They wasn't it. trying it was to steal. Account right. issue. It's just something right. that happened, and they couldn't get it right. Gotcha. We couldn't. Fig- we couldn't go back and figure it out right. I think Gore probably won. I don't think I. I but it wasn't I respect- a situation where George W. Bush's team was in there lying or, right. or you know exactly. So there so wasn't it, malicious intent. Well, his, brother, a, his brother was the governor. That's fair, but it was just a <laughs> messed up situation. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, Dave, can, uh, can I ask you two quick questions before we go again? Please, because I've, I've dominated. So, so you it, we've discussed Ray and I have discussed this some on our show, and, and again, man, it, and it's it's tough to say, but you know, I grew up rural, so poor, and you know, I grew up with these guys that would pull out the n word, and it you know it made me cringe as a child. You know, you're, oh man, you're you're saying that, and and we've had the discussion as to white guys. But what makes somebody a racist? Like, if you're gonna pull that word out, like you're automatic, and that's the like, or well, do you I have think, to do something to? I think in this day and age, in 2021, it should be a word that we know is sensitive to some people. Not every black person feels, especially if another black person uses it. Sometimes we don't feel the sensitivity of it because it's not directed that way. Sure. But if you're white in America today, you know that it's not a good word to use. Right. So if you're using it on the regular where you can just pop out of your mouth, it, it, it makes you wonder. I'm not going to okay. call the person a racist, but I'm going to say you you support some racist ideals. Right. Same thing with the Confederate flag. Yeah. This ideal about its its heritage, it represents no good heritage. If you can, I know people had uh, members in the Confederate Army. I understand that. And support your relatives. But they were supporting to keep slavery around because they wanted to separate so they can keep slave. That This industrial stuff they talk about and they want to support farming going on. No, they wanted to keep slaves working their farms. Yeah. So they wanted to split from the, so that's what the Confederate Army was fighting for. It just is what it is. And we got to, people need to start Understand that, and that when the Ku Klux Klan and other people came around with that flag and burned your property down because it, that's not a good heritage. Right. So I can, you know, the, the NASCAR and NFL and them agreed we will replace your flags with something else. Why do you, in 2021, I get behind a car with that and I immediately. You're pissed. I'm pissed, and I think this guy's a racist. Yeah. And he may not be, but why do you have to have that flag? You yeah. just have to, you, you can, you get you a sign that says rebel. If you want to right. be a rebel that bad, get you a Boyle County High School <laughs> thing that says rebel. You know, yeah. you know, we all have a little rebellion, rebellion in us, but you don't have to be a Confederate rebellion. Yeah, no, sure. It's very so, true. It, because because of know, what it represents. Because right. of what it represents. So right. I think it's, again, it's an educational piece. If we want to move forward, we need to teach that piece. And we need to convince people who are still selling it, quit selling it. Because mm-hmm. only by selling it is these people who want to keep us divided. Right. Because Walmart and them has taken it off the shelf. The big people have taken Amazon, I think, you got to sneak it through. Amazon's quit letting people sell it. Right. So if we want, and it's the same thing with the N-word. Yeah, I, I think that some black people need to quit, all black people need to quit using it too. It needs to be a word not used. I don't use it. I mean, occasionally, 
if I'm around the right crowd and I, and there shouldn't be a right crowd. But if I'm around a bunch of military guys and it's used, mm. it, it will come out of my mouth. So, right. But it's been that really small crowd. Right. I really try not to use the word and get on my son and others around me. Don't use that. If I'm mentoring kids, that's why I try not to use it because I can't your son preach a, a hip hop. A hip hop fan. Yes, because mine is. Yeah, and so you know, and you know, Dave, I listen, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Do you really? Mostly at traffic lights and stop signs. Yeah, everybody pull up beside you, right? Yeah. All right, so well, well, I grew up poor, and I, you know, I really related to. And that's what you know. I grew up with Tupac. I mean, that was that was my childhood. You know how many um, rural kids in America today support that hip hop culture? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's one of those great paradoxes, right? They support the hip hop culture. But they don't support black people in general <laughs> no, who started the hip hop culture. I, th- I think most of the ones in hip hop culture do. I mean, I grew up like that. And, and my thing was, you know, I grew up as a, the only Jewish kid probably within a 500 mile radius, you know, in rural Virginia. But I mean, there, nobody else was singing anything about being poor. So when you start hearing Tupac talking about a struggle growing up, you're young and you don't have any money, like you relate to it. So it wasn't, you know. But Dave, it's a whole nother discussion and I can't believe we've killed an hour and you're definitely coming back. That's that. Now that you know where the studio is and you can't use the excuse. Get lost. But, but all right. So you just made that great point about uh, uh, white kids and, and hip hop and rap. Hell, take it all the way back to Memphis, 1930s and Sam Phillips, who 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 finds this wonderful music that's happening on Beale Street, but it's a completely segregated town, but the black folks have it. You know, Memphis is a black town, still is, it was that way, and Beale Street, there's really not a lot of white people, but he ventures down and he's like, my God, this music, white people have to hear this. So he looks for a conduit, which turns out to be Elvis, to take this wonderful black music and bring it to white people, and a lot of white people didn't even realize that the history of rock and roll and the roots of rock and roll was African Americans playing music. Right. A lot of people don't, again, we don't teach them that. No. Because I, I think there's some people who are scared of real education. And that's why the critical race theory scares people. They think for some reason it's going to make white people look bad. And it doesn't, it's not a judge on white people. It's a judge on history. And history facts is history. Are facts. facts are facts. Right. Let's play the facts and, and then let's try to fix them. Uh, reparations is going to happen somewhere. That's a whole nother discussion, reparations. Right. I, I think we do need to find a way because we did lose a lot of land. Even I was going this. I know we got to get out of here. Time's getting time's getting short. But I was on my trip. To, I took a vacation this year. We went through Georgia, stayed at Lake Lanier. Well, there was a town right there at Lake Lanier in Georgia, a black town, a black community, that they decided to flood, right, to make Lake Lanier. Right. You know, and they flooded schools, banks. It was a it was a it was a black town prosperous. And they flooded to make Lake Lorraine or Lake Lanier right. rather, Lake Lanier in Georgia. And that's and, and part of Forsyth County. And that happened, and when you go look it up, it happened in a lot of places. Two yeah. places in New and York. We don't, and we don't even hear about it. We don't even hear about it. Yeah. You had two questions. <clears throat> One more quickly. Do you have any cop stories, Dave? Have you ever had a run-in oh, with wow. the police? It's a great, that's probably a whole nother show. <laughs> Just so curious. Yeah, you committed yeah. to coming back? I'm committed to coming back, absolutely. Because uh, I think we can, I mean, and in our, in our, I think in our credit, we haven't been judgmental to the other side. We're liberals, but we haven't been judgmental as far as really putting them down. We're looking at ways we, I think we can look, if they listen with an open mind, yeah. we can bridge some gaps. You'd rather bridge the divide We'd rather than bridge create the divide. more. Yeah. And I'm not trying yeah. to create more divide, but have I had some cop stories? Yes, I have a couple. Not bad because, again, I am a, um assertive young black man, and I know where I put myself in certain spots. But I have, I've had a, uh, some, a cop stop me two or three times in Somerset once upon a time. 
several years ago. And I eventually said, I told him, I said, if you stop me again, I'm going to the chief. I said, because you know I am, you know my car, you know I'm not, you know I'm not, the, I coach Little League basketball around here. You stop me again, we're going to the chief, we're going to sit down and have a discussion. And then about two years ago, I was in Speedway, and somebody in front of me was, was or there, we had two lines of people. And somebody decided they wanted to cut line in front of people for whatever reason. I, I might have been a little agitated at the time, so I said something about, I can't believe you cut line like this. I said, and everybody's looking at the person, but again, I'm I'm assertive, I'm not aggressive, but I'm assertive, and, and I'm Dave's not a big dude, but, yeah. and I'm not scared to speak my mind. So I spoke my mind. Well, the cop looks at me and tells me to shut up, and oh, he no, used yeah. word "shut up." Shut up's a bad word to use to people anyway. First yeah, of all, very I'm dismissive. Yeah. And I said, well, "You're talking to me," and so I back talked to cop. I said, "Look, you're not going to tell me to shut up in the store, it's a public store. If you're going to speak to somebody, speak to them. Let them know that they've done something wrong. Not just tell so." And I said, "You know what? What are you going to do?" You disrespect me, you're going to get disrespected back. I'm not scared of you because you're a cop. Um, nine times out of 10, I'm, or 99% of the time, I'm going to respect all law for just like I asked him to respect me. But this case, he told me to shut up was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to call him racist. But why out of everybody in the store, he picked me when other people were talking. This lady cut line and said something back to me. Why did he pick me to say, tell her to shut up? So who bailed you out that night? Nobody, nobody, because I, I, you know, I said, I'm getting in my truck. He got in his radio. I said, what are you going to radio? Somebody come rest me or something like that? I said, what, well, you know, I'm, oh, it, at, you. by that point, I'm yeah. a little irritated. I'm like, what, what are you going to rest me for telling you you can't tell me to shut up? <laughs> right. So, you know, um, but again, Great question. now, if I was on a dark road late at night, probably, probably something it. I wouldn't have done. Right. It was, I was in Speedway. I'm sure right. Speedway got cameras. Right, right. And I, you know, so I used good judgment. Yeah. Did you have to talk to your kids about cops? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've had to, you know, absolutely. We've had to talk with both my children and, and um, me and my sons had to talk about him having, which is sad. And the saddest part about it is that a lot of my good white friends don't want to understand why we have to have that talk. And so I tell them, and I'm, I'm in a biracial marriage. So I have a white son and a black son, my white son by my, my wife, but I've helped raise him the last 10, 11 years of his life. And um, she's had that talk with him. She said something happened one time in Richmond where he was outside shooting one of his uh, pellet guns or airsoft guns, but like guns. She says, you know, if that was DJ out there shooting that gun, I don't think that incident would went that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they handle him with, with kid gloves. And this is my white wife saying this. Right. She says, I don't think if that was our black son, it, that wouldn't have been, it would have been handled differently. Right. So, cause she notices more stuff than I noticed. Yeah. And, um. So well, that's yeah. interesting. She notices more stuff because you've oh, lived yeah, with her your whole a, life. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 that's true. Man, we could go on and on, but we do have to wrap it up. We yeah, want to thank our of, sponsor again. A lot of fun. Yeah, what, what was their name? A little, uh, little drink yeah. company. Can you Coca Cola? Coca Cola dot com. Check them out. Well, it was great, man. That yeah, was, it was. It was thanks. a blast, Dave. Oh well, thank you all for having me. I, you know, hopefully it was a little bit of fun, a little bit of education. You know? I think both. I mean, I think it was a great show, yeah. I mean, really, because you're an interesting man. You're doing God's work. It's uh, it's uh, been a pleasure to have you, and I'd love to do it again. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, Sooner than later. Yeah, Sounds good. I'd yeah. love to come back. Thanks for coming, Dave. I appreciate it. So, again, thanks to Stove Leg Media. Thanks to Troy. Thanks to Front Porch Studios. Thanks to everybody. Check us out. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review on uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your friends. Dave, tell everybody yeah, you know. Yeah, tell your friends, Oh, don't David. worry. I'm going to be promoting. I yes, want them to come yes, listen yes, to yes. watch. Absolutely. All right. 
Or well, thanks, listen folks. and watch. I want them to listen. <laughs> listen and watch. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll catch you next episode. Yes. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.